just do another episode. Why not? Let's do another episode. I need more wine. Well, where's the wine? It's right next to me. Do. Get it. Get it, baby. Wine everywhere. This is Basic Snitches. Hi. (laughs) I'm Tara. I'm Adam. I have been using do more often on the podcast. You know what do means. I do. I do. 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 Okay, that's how you say do. You need to open that. Oh, one. yes, I do. <laughs> I showed her my wine, but my lid is still on. Would you like more wine? He's like, look. look at, <laughs> yes. Look yes, at I my like. wine glass. Also, Tara's making me cookies. Yeah. Tara is so domestic. <laughs> my apartment is clean. It's coming my, together. My bedroom is not clean. But uh, that's my the last time I saw your bedroom, it looked great when I was laying in your bed. Oh. <laughs> last night. Night <laughs> Yeah, no, it's coming together. She has a projector. It's very cool. It's fun to watch the movie on the projector. Yes. she has a, we're, we're sitting on this little love seat that she has. It's so, very comfy. It, it Yeah, it's very comfy. I put cushion covers on it mm-hmm. so that it's not clashing with the rest of the apartment. Yeah. Yeah. It's. It, I walked in and I was like, whoa, It's she's definitely making progress. So We'll get good. there someday. I will be getting her present for Christmas that is uh, something related. Something she needs. Apartment related. And my Christmas tree is now sitting in my living room. Yes. Because Adam brought it over. I did. Just like Hagrid. Just like Hagrid. <laughs> just, I'm just like Hagrid. <laughs> I didn't explain what do means. Have I mentioned do and what it means? You have that? definitely mentioned do before. So do is a family inside joke that is mostly between my sister and I. But on occasion, my parents and brothers will also say do. I like how you said parents. 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 Like that? It was very nice. My parents will often say do as well. Who all there? Let me see a show of hands. Who had a Furby? <laughs> well. Well, I can't see you, but I believe some of you raised your hands. <laughs> oh my God. I feel like we're doing a TED Talk. <laughs> How do you think people who do TED Talks practice? Probably to, to nobody. nobody. Whoa. Because that's how speech students Should we do practice. a TED Talk? We would be so good. Don't would, be a dick. Thanks for coming to my TED Talk. What would my TED Talk be about? Probably about the power of do. <laughs> so, so my sister had a Furby because my sister is the youngest and she's the only girl. So she got all the cool toys. She also had this toy called the Wuv Love. W-U-V-L-U-V. YouTube it. There's a video of it malfunctioning. I experienced this in person. That's why I am the way I am. Anyways, she and a Furby, and speaking of malfunctioning, at one point it would only say do. We'd be like, I don't know what, what do you say to a Furby? Hey Furby. I don't know, I didn't have one. Hey Furby, you want to go out for some drinks? Because I'm Do. Hey Furby, what's five plus two? Do. Hey Furby, are you hungry? Do. (laughs) That's all it would say, is do. So we interpreted that as good, or yes. And so now, I'll just be texting with someone in my family. And be like, hey, do you want to come over and have some wine? And they'll just say do. And that means yes. Today, we're discussing <laughs> chapter 16 from Harry Potter and Abba Prince. A, a very, very frosty Christmas. It is time for some patron acknowledgments. And remember, you too can become due as one of our patrons at patreon.com slash basic snitches. $3 a month is our basic tier, but we also have some higher tiers for even more content. And you get mentioned in every single episode, including these folks, which are our lovely patrons. They are Ashley, Brian, Brittany, Jen, Layla, Mary Beth, 
Megan, Nisi, Nicole, and Olivia do. You know what? If you don't think we're funny, stop listening. Because we think we're hilarious. This is already a good episode, okay? The way that everything started so far uh, is really, really do. So- <laughs> Who won and lost <laughs> last episode? So I- last episode, which was Slug The Unbreakable Val. Oh, yeah. So it was at Slughorn's party. Winner or loser? Who do you think it is? Slughorn wins. And everyone else loses. <laughs> <laughs> so the winner is Luna. Oh, yeah, that makes sense. Luna wins. Because... It's Luna. Fuck yeah. Harry was like kind of pushing for a winner and then he w- went back on his bullshit and was like, I got to eavesdrop. I need to be a little stinky boy. I need to go eavesdrop. So he didn't win. So it's fine because Quen Luna won. The loser of the chapter, it's not that exciting, but it's Draco. Okay. He doesn't like, he doesn't <laughs> full Snape. He doesn't like Snape is onto his bullshit. He's a little brat. My guy, like you're going to be lurking in the hallway with the room of requirement where you're doing some work get it together good yeah do do well i have officially sent you a thing oh all right let me put this blanket back on because are you chilly listen i got my gas bill and i cried oh yeah the gas bill I'm just like, you know what? I'd rather be warm than rich. So, <laughs> so Adam sent me a thing and I'm going to open it. It's, there yes. it is. There it is. What's it called? A thing for Tara, October 17th, 2480. This one's from the future. Wow. It's October 17th. A, a thing that is... from the future. A thing <laughs> from the future. Future. Do. Everyone has turned this podcast. That is the name of this episode. Everyone has turned this off by now. No, Nisi's here. Hey, Nisi. And Ashley. And Ashley and Brian. <sighs> They're just... like the... And if you're not one of those three people, Wait, you. we need a, another horseman of the basic snitches apocalypse. Layla. Layla. Yes, of course, Layla. Okay, here we go. <laughs> a thing for Tara from the future. It's Christmas time, and you know what that means. The Weasleys are throwing knives at each other. Coming off the last chapter, Harry is recounting the conversation he overheard between Draco and Snape, and on par, nobody believes him or believe it's of any consequence, and unfortunately, that means Arthur and Lupin as well. Lupin is looking like Skinny Legend, revealing that he has been living underground as a spy for the werewolves who are on Voldy's side, mostly due to some huge dick named Frenrir Greyback, who is also... <laughs> oh my god, who is also learned. Who is also learned. <laughs> who is also learned. The one who bit Lupin. That's what it fucking says. How nice. sexy. Go for me. Fleur is like Umblero. Omblero. It means badger. Omblero. So Molly's like, Santa's coming, go to bed. Ron wakes up to a hideous necklace from his purple girlfriend. Ah, I get it. That's her name now. Her name purple. is Purple Girlfriend. Her, no, her name is Purple Girlfriend. I love it. Even and, forever. Forever after all. And Harry wakes up to a snitch sweater, some wheezes, and maggots. Speaking of maggots, or another word that rhymes with it, guess who shows up at first? Wow. Sorry, I had to do it. Percy! <laughs> but nothing super interesting comes from him. What's the most intriguing is that the lion man wants to speak to Harry. He left his tin man friend and his scarecrow friend at home. Did I write that? No, I said that. Oh my god. We are a team. 
They then take a little stroll through the garden where Lion Man says that he'd like Harry to come pop his head in the ministry now and again and give people hope. Harry calls out the ministry for their performative bullshit. Mary Chrysler. Happy Christmas. Happy Christmas. It's Christmas. <laughs> That's a fucking chapter. I swear to God. Yeah, even though you read the thing, how does this happen again? <laughs> the, well, gay happened in this chapter. Hi, gay. Oh, before we get into the chapter, can we talk about the picture? Like, you know how they have the little picture at the beginning of each chapter? Oh, sure. It's one of your potato brethren. As the fucking angel on the tree? Yeah, that seems very abusive. I think it does. We're just gonna stupefy this fucking thing and just leave Paint it. Paint it gold? Paint it stick gold. Stick a tree up its ass? And it's just gonna sit on top of a tree for how long? Getting painted gold and having a tree stuck on my ass is a Tuesday. <laughs> just kidding, I don't do that. I paint myself gold. But Speaking ain't of going sticking, on my ass. I love that the first part of this chapter is, so Snape was offering to help. If you ask that once more, said Harry, I'm going to stick this sprout. Oh, yeah, because they'd be cutting sprouts up. Yeah. Brussels sprouts. And up. then they do the, the line that's fantastic. An unbreakable vow. Nah, he couldn't have. Are you sure? Yes, I'm sure, said Harry. Why? What does it mean? Well, you can't break an unbreakable vow. I'd work that much out for myself, funnily enough. Fucking sassy Harry, I love him. They're just like, we gotta use our knife skills instead of our magic. And so I'm gonna be real sassy. Real sassy. Yeah. I gotta go get the cookie out of the oven. Oh. Well, yeah, so then they go back to Weebly's. Yeah. They be throwing knives at each other, I guess. That's all I have to say about that. Well, yeah, because Fred and George are like mocking them. Yeah. Because they know, can use magic. They can use magic. And Ron doesn't like that. Well, I guess that begs the question, doesn't somebody just use magic and then no one has to do this? Is it supposed to be a punishment? Right? I'm like, they hadn't done anything wrong yet. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, they're teenage boys, so there's something to be done wrong. And then we very quickly turn into my favorite theme of this book, which is people not believing or listening to Harry. It really is getting very, very old. Yeah. And speaking of being in your feelings and stuff, I found this to be a little bit relatable lately. Okay. Because you're a Quen in our Patreon. You may have heard this in one of my weekly vlogs. So we're doing Christmas and I am a single. And all my siblings, they be having babies. They be having spouses and boyfriends and stuff. My brothers have spouses and my sisters have boyfriends. That's a lot of people to buy for. Yeah. And so I have been saying we need to do a Secret Santa and set like a budget and then you just have to focus on one person. Everyone's like, we want it to be traditional. And so I'm like, okay, great. So now I still have to buy stuff for everyone. And people still were like, you have to be the one to organize everything because you're the organized one. Like if I'm the organized one, I get to organize it in a way that makes me save money. We do in a Secret Santa, but nobody likes that. So I have to buy gifts for everyone. I hate that so much. It's not the same thing that Harry's going through. What Harry's going through is much worse. But it's like people expecting all of this out of him of like, oh, you're the chosen one. It comes up. It's like a th- our overarching theme of this chapter. And nobody believes him or considers anything that he says. No. It's so fucking annoying. And unfortunately, in this case, it's people like Lupin, who we love and we still love. And Arthur, who we, of course, is the same way. And I'm just like, holy shit, can this kid get a break, please? Their argument is always, well, Dumbledore... We trust Dumbledore. Dumbledore basically says it's fine. <laughs> you know, and it's one of those things that's like, mom, it's fine, or whatever. Even if there's this unbreakable vibe, like, that seems, like, tricky to me. 
here's the other thing is like it doesn't hurt you to like try to do something about it like ask a question communication is an issue throughout this series obviously what i know shocking editing me add that to the list of special episodes for this right season. i feel so bad for harry in this moment you know we do get a lot of like bright areas in this book so far which is nice but then we get back to this and i'm like oh my god Right, it's, it feels very reminiscent of the last book in which Harry was in the dark. He just needed to understand things and no one was explaining anything. And now it's, he has information and no one wants to believe him or give him the time of day even. Or acknowledge that this is a real thing. Like, oh, Harry, you have prejudices. And, like, they give him shit in this chapter for his prejudices against Dane. I'm sorry, who has the prejudice here? Because have you fucking met Snape? Yeah, that's the other thing. The whole, like, oh, well, you're being hateful because of your father. It's like, no. I mean, Harry at this point knows more. It's weird to almost say, but he knows Snape more than his father. Right. You know? Also, I will die on this hill. Snape started this whole thing. Mm. The whole thing between Snape and Harry, Snape took the first step in humiliating Harry on the first day of class. Mm. Also, it makes me feel like, like, if I were in Harry's shoes, almost, I would be like, oh, okay, so you trust Dumbledore, but you don't trust me. Like, you don't trust anything that I'm saying. Having things that I have brought up in the past come to fruition in the, in the future. Like, right. I'm not just some person who's throwing out conspiracy theories here. Every single time, even when Harry's been wrong about stuff, he's still concerned about a thing. Even in the first book, where he thought Snape was the person that they were up against, he wasn't wrong that there was a problem. Yeah, absolutely. He was wrong about it being Snape. Okay. Harry overheard Malfoy and Snape having this conversation. No one has given him what he feels is a sufficient reason to believe Snape is actually 100% on Dumbledore's side. And no one's going to try to explain that to him. Yeah. To a degree, I sort of understand where Lupin is coming from. Of course I do. Of course, we're going to, like, trust Dumbledore. He's, like, the CEO here, the head bitch in charge, whatever. (laughs) Dumbledore head bitch in charge. Yes. HBIC. The whole thing is just so frustrating. some, like, slack. It's okay if he's wrong, but why are we, like, can't fucking believe you? Yeah. Now, on the flip side, putting myself in, like, Lupin shoes, and we get into talking about, you know, where he's been and stuff, and that's all awful. He's sitting here at Christmas now, after what happened last year. It's one of the few times that he can be, like, above ground with, like, normal people. Right. And he's probably sitting here thinking about all this and being like, wow, out of our friend group, two of my friends are now dead, and one of them is a skinny dick. Here I am, a skinny old werewolf motherfucker. This is not a good existence. Like, I I guess I kind of understand where he's coming from with all this. He's trying to be practical. His level of feeling defeated and feeling used by Dumbledore is valid. Like, I get it. Just because Harry is caught up in his feelings and we're all screaming at the world that, yes, he's right, it doesn't mean that the way other people are thinking is wrong. I mean, they are wrong, but, like, I understand why they think that way. You look at what they're dealing with. Feelings is the fucking theme of this book. And we've seen Tonks up in her feelings, but now we see Loop inside, and it's like, okay, like, I guess I kind of get it at the same time. I mean, we love Tonks. It's just so complicated. It's almost like what's being mirrored with the children is being mirrored in adults in a weird way. Oh, yeah. Before we get too far away from this, though, we need to talk about Celestina Warbeck songs. Uh... 
Because one of her songs is so fucking suggestive. It's like, oh, I made a potion and you stick your dick in it. And then you stick the dick in me. And then I had magical love. Oh, come and stir my cauldron. And if you do it right, I'll boil you up some hot, strong love. Uh-huh. warm tonight. That sounds like, come to me. The next one. Oh, my poor heart, where has it gone? It's left me for a spell. Blah, blah, blah. That one's whatever. That one's whatever. And but the first one. And now torn apart. Oh, thank you to pack my heart. There's another one, though. It's, I think, at the end of the chapter. Oh. Because the first one is definitely about fucking. Oh. It might just be that one. But that one is, whoo. I read that and I was like, holy shit. Obviously, Miss Lucy Love is above this music. And I'm like, okay. Fleur is being annoying on the corner and she stuff. She is. But if she's listening to this being, being like, why is it Christmas Eve and we're listening to these songs about sex? Listen, we know Mom and Dad Weasley be they do it horny as teenagers. They have seven children. They had sex at least six times. I mean, today. Who knows? Maybe there's other Weasleys that we don't even know about after Jimmy. No, there ain't any more Weasleys. There's just lots of sex. Arthur guys tubes died. Wizard contraceptives, whatever. I mean, yeah, there's probably magic there. Mm-hmm. If there's love potions, there's probably sex potions. Yeah, speaking of Fleur and Celestina Werbeck, Fleur is singing, oh, I fucked your blah, blah, blah. And Molly's like, okay. Uh-oh, look what time it is. Santa like, might Molly, cast his house up if he hears some children. Right? You made her listen to this. She's going to sing it now. Yeah, so everyone goes to bed. We wake up on Christmas morning, and Ron is like, what the hell? Because Purple Girlfriend gave him an ugly necklace. It sounds like the most ridiculous thing ever. I cannot imagine any person in the world thinking that that is an okay thing to get. What did it say? Sweetums? My sweetheart. My sweetheart. Mm -hmm. I mean, you can wear whatever the hell you want, but my sweetheart? like, Is she really that outrageously? It's tacky. Mm -hmm. It's like incredibly tacky. That's how we learn that Percy gets. Or, oh my god. That's how we learn that Ron gets. Percy, I'm sure, gets a lot of other things from Rufus Grimmager. But Harry then opens his stocking, and he gets that sweater. He With gets all the wizard uses. Yes, very cute. But is it a basic snitch? I don't know. Why don't we call Mrs. Weasley right now and ask? Like, Mrs. Weasley, can you make me a snitch sweater? Stitch some swear words on there. Yeah. I'm sure fuck was not on the sweater. But you know Too what bad. fuck was on? Creature's gift. Oh Creature. my god, Creature? What the Creature fuck? Creature did. You rude. He's like, hey, remember me? <laughs> <laughs> we haven't heard from him at all. And then all of a sudden, here's a fucking gift. A maggot. <laughs> that was inappropriate. It's very Trunchbull. Why did she call them maggots? Yes, but Trunchbull didn't even give them maggots. She just she gave hates them trauma. Her, she hates them so much she didn't even give maggots. She was like, the trauma's enough. It's fine. Get in the show. You ain't getting maggots for Christmas. You're yeah. You're just getting trauma. Yeah, you're just getting your fucking skin ripped open <laughs> by my evil closet. So they all go down to breakfast. I mean, maybe there was trauma at breakfast. We don't know. I mean, it was Christmas morning after all. Oh, who comes to the door? Oh, my God. Your he, favorite. He has risen indeed. Oh, that's the wrong holiday. <laughs> Percy. What the fuck? When I heard that, I was like, what? I do not uh-huh. remember this. Here's the funny thing. We hear nothing about what Percy says. I imagine there's probably something about it in a future chapter. But Percy comes in, and it's all about Rufus Grimmager wanting to talk to Harry. Even when he's like, that boy over there perhaps could give me a stroll around the garden. Everyone's like, who the fuck you think you're trying to fool? Everyone knows you up to something, bitch. Yeah, that boy over there? Come on. I kind of wavered back and forth, but... Ultimately, I landed on Harry's side through all of this. 
Because at first I kind of understood, like it almost felt like scrimmagers started by being like, we want to work with you. Then the whole thing of like, well, people need hope. So maybe if you could bring your face around. That, I mean, I said in my thing, it's completely performative. There's no action behind this. Oh, and yeah. then the biggest thing that I wasn't even thinking about, they already mentioned it early in the chapter, is like, I don't feel like I want to like support what the ministry is doing when you're just arresting people like Dan Shunpike, just out of the blue to show that you're trying to do something, even though it's not the right thing. It's almost like the ministry can never get it right. That's Harry's point. He's like, I'm not going to support you with things like this. Also, great. Dolores Umbridge is still fucking employed. Yeah. It's, how about you do your fucking job? Mm-hmm. And then, sure, like, I can work with you. Those are the two, well, three big points. Umbridge is still there. You're arresting people like Stan Shunpike. Number three. And there was a number three. Okay. <laughs> I'm sure I'd agree with it. Yeah. I, it was something along the lines of the ministry is mm. truly just, lo and behold, the government body not doing anything. What? Like, what a shock. <laughs> I hate this world. What? You're just there to give people hope? What about some action to give people hope? Why don't you actually right. like, try arresting somebody who's worth it? Harry is supposed to come in and like give them hope by just being like, yeah, I support the ministry. Yeah, why don't you do the job for me? Good for him. He stands the fuck up yeah. to all of that. Harry has been dicked around so many times. <laughs> yeah, I think that's the other thing is a year ago, the ministry would never have said that thing to me. And now look, now all of a sudden you need me. No, hey, sorry about what happened or anything. Just, hey, come over here and give the people hope. I'm not your fucking monkey. Ultimately, I got to the place where I was like, okay, Harry's absolutely correct but at the very beginning i will say i was like okay i kind of see where rufus scrimmager is going with this but even the way that harry called them out i was like okay i mean obviously harry is completely correct it's really unsettling how you see how capable this man seems in the first chapter of the book right and then he comes in here and he's like i need you to come make me look good what the Fuck. Mm. I spent 13 chapters thinking that you were smarter than Fudge, and here you are being like, hi, child. I need you to show the world that we're all on the same team. To me, it almost feels like, if we're trying to be devil's advocate, coming in and fixing Fudge's mess probably isn't very easy. No, I feel like there's a lot of Joe Biden happening for him right now. <laughs> yeah. He has to Joe Biden all over this. Probably. Which, is, which means he's not going to get it all right. That being said... Your approach could have been so much better. Also, on Christmas, you're going to come over on Christmas right? and do this. And you're going to use a family the yeah. way he uses them. That's the other thing. Like, it really isn't necessary for you to escort Percy here. Like, Percy can't go right. to his... Well, like, and, like, I'm so fascinated by Percy's storyline, especially because of how it ends. It's heartbreaking and beautiful. It's also the perfect redemption arc, I think. But in this book... I wonder where Percy really is. And we don't get to see that because, you know, when Percy and the minister leave, he's upset because Ginny and the twins and Ron had harassed Percy at some point. He ended up with like potatoes in his hair or something. That sounds so great. Right? I love a potato in whatever. But like, a potato in whatever. In whatever. It's is potato. that the musical that's going to be written about you? <laughs> No, there's got to be better. A potato too. and whatever? I don't know. But, like, I, I can feel imagine like, it right now. You sit in the incense I feel like just Percy... singing. A potato and whatever. <laughs> wow. 
I don't know. It's in right. it's, it's in the, it's in the works. It, it, yeah. We'll figure it out. We'll workshop it. Exactly. I feel like the minister came to his office or Percy doesn't have an office. He's Percy. To his, <laughs> to his fucking cubicle in the darkest corner of the room that he's like, look at I'm a whatever. I'm ministry official. I'm so good. I'm also share. <laughs> Everyone is share. Everyone is Cher. What if this entire movie was guest of Cher? Cher is playing everybody. But I feel like the minister is kind of... Oh, the water I can't do a good Cher impression. It's fine. Me either. I feel like... I like Rufus. No, my daughter, you bitch. (laughs) Oh. Death. (laughs) I feel like Rufus Scrimgar came over. Wait, hold on. I'm not done with this. What's another iconic quote from this movie? Did you put your name on top of the fire? Did you put your name on Okay, it's getting a little southern. Okay. Did you put your name on top of the fire? Oh. <laughs> this is awful. <laughs> Who wants to listen to this? You better get your priorities straight, Chaz. Chaz? Or we'll get killed, or worse, expelled. Oh. This is bad. Drink your wine. Okay. Drink your where, juice, where the fuck? So I was in the middle of a point. Okay, good. Do so it. like, I feel like what happens in Percy is a tiny little cubicle. He's just over there, like, doing whatever work. And Scrimgar comes over and he's like, yeah, I'm going to need you to come in on Saturday. <laughs> a lot of office space. But really, he's like, hey, I, okay, hey, how would you like to go see your family on christmas and on green christmas me. and he's like yeah things aren't really great with my families and your brother's really close with harry potter and he's like cool yeah go ahead and use me because i'm a fucking sucker for the ministry so yes please use me yeah but when, I, and when she says sucker for the ministry she means it. She, I, I do i do mean it i wonder what percy is thinking in that moment when he's with his family like I wonder if there's like a pool for him that is like ruined because he's a dick and the twins are like yeah we're not fucking around with this we're gonna throw well, potatoes at you so that is what happens after this that yeah the is that they him. leave and apparently like nothing good happened with Percy because throughout the entirety of the seventh book Percy very very shortly gets to explain some things that he was looking for the right time to come back Mm-hmm. So I think Percy makes the decision early on in the seventh book. It's very dangerous. He's kind of in a really precarious situation where he has to like pretend to be something that he's not. But we don't get any of that story. You know, we don't get it till the end yeah. of the seventh book. So where is he at in this book? I can't imagine that he went from where he was in the fifth book to where he is in the seventh book like that. Like yeah. something in this book happened. For him to be... Like, oh, Harry Potter's an asshole. Don't be friends with him. And then all of a sudden he's coming back. To literally fight a war with Harry. Yeah, when the entire position of the ministry has changed, you have made it as personal as possible and put your job over your family and friends. Mm -hmm. So you come back for Christmas. I don't expect Percy to come and be like, hello, everybody. I was wrong. And it's Christmas. And mm-hmm. there's a big freaking hug. The twins wouldn't accept that anyways. It's right. Like, Wait, no. whoa, whoa, whoa. They need to hear you, more groveling. Yeah. Like, you can't just, like, do a thing and come back and expect everything to be peachy cane. That's exactly what Molly would have done because mom. Probably. When you see how, like, emotional she gets. Because there are some times where I'm like, she probably wouldn't. But, like, I mean, my parents have done that mm-hmm. in the past of, like, there's a disagreement. It's very prodigal son. It's it's very just like sweeping shit under the rug and not uh-huh. like addressing anything. Which is the prodigal son. 
Oh, I was like, that sounds religious to me, and I don't know what that means. Oh, you never heard that story? No. Is it a Bible story? Mm-hmm. Pass. I was raised Jehovah's Witness, and I know the story. Oh. It's like this man had two sons. When they grew up, they got their inheritance, and one of them, like, squandered it away and went out into the world and just spent money. And the other stayed at home and, like, did work and shit. And when the first son, who squandered away all of his money, came back, the father was like, servants, kill the fatted calf. We're going to have a, a ceremony because my son has come home and whatever. And the other son is like, what the fuck? I've been here working my ass off. Yeah. I'm not a mom. You're not a father. We don't have children. I sure do have children. You do? Okay, so if Busby were like, the fuck, Bentley just left and like squandered away all of his savings yeah, and came back. I know what I'm doing. Yeah. I've met your children. Where does Berkeley fit to all this? Berkeley is the golden child who doesn't even like Is Berkeley Moreau gone? Oh my god. Berkeley is perfection. <laughs> my god, Berkeley gave Berkeley gave birth <laughs> I mean that still tracks. But you know what I'm saying? Like that's what this is though. It's if the person who was so wrong and so out there and so fucked up, came back and was honestly in a place of remorse over it. That's a very valid thing. And I'm sure that as a parent is like, yeah, my fucking son fucked up, but he's home now. He made the choice to kind of eat crow over it, you know, because that's what Percy finally does in the seventh book. Yeah, that's the thing. If, if he comes back and he's like, look, I learned some shit. I know I did bad things. That's fine. But I think the problem is what you're saying is Percy in this case is the product. Well, how do you say that word? Prodigal? Prodigal son. Prodigal? Mm-hmm. The person has to know enough to know that that is them. Like, that they were the mm-hmm. one who fucked up. And that is the challenging thing. And that's not happening here. Right. It happens in the seventh book, which is why I get Percy his redemption arc. Yeah. Gold medal, you know. And that's a very realistic thing. It takes a lot of emotional maturity to be able to be like, I fucked up. This is where I'm wrong. I'm sorry about this. In my experience, that is rare. One could say that I have had a lot of narcissists in my life, but it's very easy for someone to be like, oh, I'm not the one who did something wrong in this situation. Like in most situations, it's two people that one isn't right and one isn't wrong. There's a mixture of it. And like, I definitely don't see Percy (laughs) coming in all of a sudden on this, especially when it seems so forced. Because I mean, we got into this conversation by talking about Rufus and especially based on how you positioned it, I definitely think that Rufus Force Percy. I think he did too. Force might be not the best word for but it. But it's maybe not wrong. But been like, hey, you want to motion? Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. And Percy is very ambitious and wants the things. And easily influenced by this kind of stuff. Yeah. It's kind of a shame because you do see so much like positive change, I think, in this book. And then at this point, you're like, well, fuck. How well, much has things really changed? We read the first chapter and we had a lot of high hopes yeah. for Scrimgower yeah. and was just like, well, just kidding. Yeah. Harry is so on his fucking game though. Like he is so good here. I think as a kid, how easy would it be to just be like, yeah, that sounds good. Yeah. And Harry's not the fucking brightest out there. Like, yeah, no way. Well, that's not the, what I said no way to. He's sticking up for himself, sticking up for his values and stuff. On the bright side, at least that potato brethren got that worm out of the frozen ground. Oh my god, he'd be having a snack. It's a worm snack. It's not that exciting. Playing. You say that every time. Word association. I feel like we haven't played that in a long time. It's been a minute. Okay. Are you ready? Yeah, so I'm basically saying what pops into my brain first. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. Are we ready? Yes. There's 10 things. Cool. So the first one is Unbreakable Vow. Death! Okay. <laughs> the second one is Fred and George. Funny little knife throwing boys. Funny little knife throwing boys. <laughs> They're not the ones that threw the knives. That was Ron. But, yeah. Well, they were involved with the they knife were, shenanigans. They were. Knife shenanigans, that's it. Knife shenanigans 3. Celestine <laughs> Knife Shenanigans 3 sounds like the name of a movie. Oh. <laughs> Parts 1 and 2 were terrible. 3, we finally got it right. Good. Uh, Celestine Warbuck? Uh-huh. Horny. Fucking. She's like, she's like, oh, you have a horny book? This, this is my time. Stir that cauldron with my pussy in it. That's how the song went. I know. <laughs> You're like, yep, I have a greatest hit. Slur. Oh, sacre bleu. <laughs> I looked up on BuzzFeed or something. What is the biggest French insulter? Blaro means badger. Do you remember that thing that was like badger, 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 badger? Yes! <laughs> Werewolf. Oh no! You got bitten by that friend rear. We still don't know how to say his name. His bad name. Friend. Friend rear. Friend rear. Friend. Friend. Friend rear. Friend rear. Friend rear. Why is that funny? So that's actually the next on my list. My word association with that is just us trying to say Fenrir over and over again. Ready? Fenrir, Fenrir, I feel like the fucking seagulls in Finding Nemo. I love those seagulls. Mine? Fenrir? Fenrir? I'm sure it means wolf or something in Romanian. Oh my god. Okay, uh, Lavender Brown. Oh my god. Purple Girlfriend. What am we gonna do with you? You are thirsty. Creature. Bad. <laughs> Maggots. 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 I love how like, I come up with a lo- like soliloquy for some of these. <laughs> creature. Bad. In like a creature voice. Tonks. Oh, Tonks isn't here, but her future boyfriend is. <laughs> That's all I got to say. Percy Weasley. Oh my god. Get on up. Get on up. That's something that we play gay clips a lot. Oh. Okay. <laughs> Rufus Scrimgar. Lion. Bad lion. Lion with no backbone. <laughs> lion man. Lion man. <laughs> lion man. Mad lion. Mad lion. Bad mad lion man. The chosen one. <laughs> Jesus. Ha <laughs> Okay, this bonus one. Oh, a bonus. I bet Percy would like that. Gout. <laughs> gout? Did you say gout? Is my word gout? I don't actually know what gout is, but it's like a disease of um, something. <laughs> Puffy not... feet? Puffy feet. I just want to hear what your response is. Okay. Gowing Robarts. Who? <laughs> what? <laughs> Gowing Robarts. I did not read okay. that word. Wrong answer only. Who is Galway Robards? Someone with gout. <laughs> That's who. <laughs> I don't even want to tell you. That's a better answer. <laughs> he succeeded Rufus Grimgar oh. as the head of the Aurora. Whoop de do. And I was like, what is this name? Listen, Dick Pig Fuck was like. That was the last episode. We haven't mentioned her. This time her name is Gout. Gout. So Gout was like, I came up with a name. I've got to put it in this chapter. 
Gawain Robards. Yeah, that's something she heard when she was sitting on the toilet, I think. <laughs> she was like, that sounds like a name for a person. Let's talk about the movie. Remember how they burned the fucking burrow down? Because <laughs> I don't remember that in this book. <laughs> remember when they burned the fucking burrow down? Because I don't. <laughs> so there's a lot that happens prior to that. I couldn't help myself. Oh my I remember God. going to see this movie in the theater. I went with my friends Andrea, Lena, and Jeremy. I remember my friend Lena like made me a t-shirt that just like HP6 and it was like purple and yellow letters and I was wearing it. And there are photos I we posted on Facebook of us going to the midnight viewing of this movie. And we walked out of this movie going, fuck did we just watch? <laughs> we were so pissed. I can't believe this is the first time I'm mentioning this on this podcast for the season. We were so pissed when we saw this movie in theaters. We're like, what did we fucking watch? Well, I mean, this is where it goes, like, Because this is out. why. This fucking this part why. of the movie. Well, let's start at the very beginning. They are on the train, and that, yeah, the, the, the conversation's pretty it's, right. It's pretty much the same. Harry's like, yeah, he said an unbreakable power. What's an unbreakable power? And he's like, what's that? He's like, oh, well, you die. Or whatever. He's like, oh, you can't break an unbreakable power. And he's like, I worked that no out. No shit, Thanks. fucker. Literally right from the fucking text, which I appreciate. In the middle, we had a big conversation about the actress who plays Lavender Brown. And how she, I'm like, what if she just did that? What if she was just like, I'm going to waltz in the scene and be like, L and Ron forever. Or L and R forever. And then, like, uh, uh. Uh, air humps and then she walks away and then two seconds later Hermione comes back and is like what the fuck is this (laughs) but otherwise the scene is great it looks very pretty the snow looks great they get home there's a little miniature person skating on a cake and then because why not because why not magic at first when the scene opened up I was like are they at Grimmauld Place it had a Grimmauld Placey look it's very dark. So, okay, I'm gonna flex. We watched the movie on my fancy projector, projector thing, and, and it was even darker the in the house than Adam's house. I tur- right, and I turned off my light. Darker than both houses, the barrow, because <laughs> it's dark in that house. It is dark. I don't own a TV, friends, but I can project a movie onto the wall. That's Good job, me. Do so. It was a little bit dark, but I think it was truly the movie. I don't think it was the projector. I was like, Lupin is getting feisty. He is very feisty in the movie. I think, I was saying to to Adam during, while we were watching it, I think this is just like their way of showing just how impassioned he is about all of this because the scene is much longer in the book. Yeah, despite it being longer in the book, there's also an extra person there named Tonks. Tonks is in the movie. She ain't in the book, but we love Tonks, so she, I'm not She don't mad say a single thing. No, when they're but she doesn't say anything, right? Do she does when they're leaving? They're like, "Thank you, Molly. The food was great," or something right. like that. She's like clearly caring for him because of you know, werewolf cycle shit, which is very nice. Yeah. And then there's a scene where Ginny is like, "Hello." She is literally Eat like my biscuit. She is. So she's like taste you know, the biscuit, over Harry. Taste the goodness of the right. Biscuit. Like she has done nothing but be like, I'm just about to jump you. I hope you're ready. And then Ron comes in. He's like, Oh, I see you and your biscuit, and he's I like, raised you a whole plate of motherfucking cookies. <laughs> he's like, Do you want a cookie? And Harry's like, I fucking don't want a cookie, Ron. And we don't were like, die. Everyone is horny in this movie. Everyone. They- it's so weird because like Harry and Ron, or Harry and Ron. Harry. Sure, why not? Ron is like, no, I straight. 
But Harry and Ginny are not a thing yet in the book. But they clearly had such a good time, like, with this in the Christmas stuff. Yeah. Ginny's like, I know I'm with Dean, but I know you want this ginger snap. There's a scene where they are in, like, Mr. Weasley's garage, and <laughs> Mr. Weasley is, like, giving better context about, like, oh, there's a vanishing cabinet in Borgen and Berg. Still there. Because Harry had sent him a letter, which mm-hmm. we didn't talk about at all because it's not how it is in the movie, but Harry sends him a letter in the book. Mm-hmm. It's fine. It's, a, like it's it. a lovely scene. We love a scene with Mark Williams, Papa Weasley. Yes. And then they're like, oh, wait, did you forget sexual attention? Well, guess what? Everyone's about to go to bed, and Ginny's like, oh, hello there, big mom. Let me tie your shoes. Yeah, shoes untied. Let me put my face right in front of your dick. So weird. And, and then they get, like, really, they're like, about oh, did you like that? Did you like how I tightened your shoelaces? Right. And she stands up and they're about to kiss. And the Bellatrix is, is like, that's not, motherfucker. She's like, I wasn't in the book, but here not I am now. today. Guess what? I killed your godfather and I fucked up your first kiss. Eat shit, Potter. <laughs> so there's that's fire funny. all around the burrow. And Harry is like, not this bitch again. He's like, runs into the fire like Shaka Khan. Ginny's like, oh no, my man, that we almost... The adults are also like, oh no, but they're like, we can't get past fire because plot that doesn't make sense. Because we're too large. (laughs) (laughs) Ginny's like, like, I don't care, fucking children can run through the fire. Yeah, children only through the fire, thank you. And they just run around for a minute. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, truly, that's what happens. Everyone just <laughs> runs around. Bellatrix is like, I kill Sirius Black. And everyone's like, we know. That Bitch, was like, that was your line last book. Find a new fucking line. God, you fucker. She's so dumb. And then the adults are suddenly there. Yeah, they're like, oh, we got the And they fire. have like a standoff. And then Bellatrix and Fenrir, ugly face. Fenrir. They leave. They just literally like, yeah, we gotta go. They're now. just like, well, this is fun, but First we have to watch fucking Frasier. They're Frasier reruns. Oh, yeah. They're go. like, but before that, um, Lingardian transphobia, and they blow up the burrow. <laughs> That's the sound that they made when they burned up the burrow. Actually, no, they weren't Frasier reruns. They were actual episodes. Cause they because it's the 90s. <laughs> I was like, what's a 90s show? Frasier. <laughs> Bellatrix loves Frasier and setting people's houses on fire. <laughs> She's like, Niles, let's do this. Who? What's his, is his name? Niles. Niles? Niles? Fenrir. I was talking about Frasier. <laughs> okay, so points. It's let's time for the do points. this. Oh it's time god. for points oh and bed. Oh my god. We're almost there. It's plus 30 to Harry for telling her off the ministry. Good for you, Harry. Fuck the man. I thought you were literally just going to be like, the end. <laughs> yeah, the end. That's all that I is. I was like, like, yes. Plus, we're going looping because Lupin is there. I don't like how he doesn't listen to Harry, but I'm like, oh, you lived underground. That's sad. 20 points. <laughs> Plus five to Stan Chen Pike, too, because people be fucking him over. And that's not very nice. And then negative 20 to... We have to do that every time. That's how we say his name from now on. Negative 10 to... Also, fuck this guy, creature. He's like, here's some maggots. Yeah. Bitch, I'm your master now. He's like, praise Jesus, have some worms. <laughs> Not worms, they're flies, aren't they? I would, yeah, they're maggots. I don't think The maggots either. become flies. Do they? Alexa. <laughs> maggots become flies. Hey, Google. Google does not respond to shit. She's like, it's late. 
speaking of, next time we'll be discussing chapter 17, which is called I gotta, I gotta. Who's looking it up? A sluggish memory. Oh, it's time. It's time for him to learn about Horcruxes. It's time for him to learn about the sluggish memory, which is when he's like brought up. Oh wow, we're already there. That feels like an end of book thing. Well, we're not gonna learn about them. We're going to learn that Slughorn be like. There's Horcrux. We're gonna fuddle with this. Fuddle. Fuddle, sure. It's when Slughorn fucks with his own memory to fuck over Dumbledore because he's ashamed of his life. Good night. <laughs> Whoa, that's a burn for it, It's true. That's what it is. Oh my gosh. Well, we'll gonna, talk about it next gonna time. Gonna get dramatic. Tune in next time on Basic Bitches. Oh, Basic Bitches. Bye. Bye. Pause, you bitch. <laughs>and a Patreon, patreon.com slash basic snitches. Join today and get exclusive content every week and be acknowledged in every single one of our episodes. Taryn Telegra, dance bitch. I see you new friends who don't make me dance for nothing. Yeah, they ain't gonna come, honey. We out! <laughs>